You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. It's 11 minutes after 5 o'clock. Can you forfeit marital benefits you are entitled to if you cheat on your spouse? A story by the Independent Papers looks at a divorce case where a woman approached the Gauteng High Court in Pretoria to divorce her husband and ask for half of her husband's pension. The couple is married in community of property. However, the husband said his wife is a cheater and shouldn't be entitled to his pension. He made reference to many instances of cheating, including a time where she left their home for months and came back with a baby. The court ruled that she would forfeit half of her husband's pension because she had left him and the children for other people. We are now joined on the line by Shani Fanikerk, Senior Associate Attorney at Adams and Adams. Shani, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. How would the court have come to this uh, conclusion, also considering that sometimes people make the argument that um, cheating is part of human nature? Good afternoon. I think what we should remember is that the the case in court was based on forfeiture. Mm -hmm. Now, to forfeit certain benefits from a marriage, either in terms of the accrual or in an in-community of property marriage, there are three factors that the court takes into account for forfeiture. The first is the duration of the marriage. The second is your contribution towards the estate of the marriage or the other party's estate. And the third leg is um, misconduct. That misconduct must be substantial. Now, in the case that we are referring to, the court found that the affairs was reduced to substantial misconduct. Mm -hmm. Now, if you ask me now, does this mean that every cheater is not entitled to anything from a divorce? No, that is not it. A court will look at every matter on a case-by-case matter, and it will depend on the factors of each and specific case. For example, in the, the matter in Kassu, the the court did not take one incident of adultery and did not base its decision on one incident. There was a period and a, a pattern of this adultery. I am surprised that the court made this judgment because there are various other judgments that are in direct contrast to this judgment that says that adultery is not a ground for forfeiture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 so when we speak about um, misconduct, what sort of threshold would need to be met to, for it to be considered misconduct? As you just indicated now, that just because you cheated does not necessarily mean um, that you'll then forfeit your marital benefits. Now, this is where the law gets grey. It is up to the presiding judge to decide, and it's in that judge's discretion, to determine whether the conduct was substantial misconduct or not. Mm. So there's no threshold, there's no law about it. It will depend on the factors of each matter. Yeah. And the argument, for instance, that the wife had put forward was that, um, and and this is now in one of the incidents, of um, this misconduct is that um, the husband wasn't having sex with her and therefore she, I guess, decided to go outside. But then the judge then saying that um, essentially what what it seems like is that the wife started looking for greener pastures outside and decided to leave the husband with the children. Why, why would that become part of deliberations? I think what what the bigger problem is is that the woman in this matter, she did not just cheat, but she left her family. She abandoned the children Mm -hmm. to to exercise her adultery. It is very true that very often a divorce 
is not a cause of a breakdown of a marriage, but is a symptom of a marriage that has already broken down. And that is one of the factors that a court will have to determine. Why did this woman enter, engage into an affair? It is true that if she was abused at home and all of that, you know, that could be taken into account. Mm. But like I said, it's very grey. It will all depend on the judge, who's also just a human, who sits in front and how you present your case. But yeah. it's also important is to, to note from the judgment that there was a lot of evidence put before the court, which was not uh, contrast or, or put against by the woman. In cross-examination, she did, she did not, she basically concurred. She did put nothing before the court to rebut. Mm-hmm. So if she was to take this on appeal, considering the other cases that you just referred to in terms of, uh, 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 of precedents that has been set before, um, do you think that she could win this? I don't know in the matter. I've not perused yeah. all of the evidence, but there's definitely an arguable case to say that it's not just fair and equitable. So I think there would be opportunity for her to explore the possibility of an appeal. Yeah. Because if, if, for instance, they do go ahead with the, with, with the divorce and um, she doesn't get anything, would the court take into consideration um, where she would move to if she loses access to the household? Well, I think a court would have to take that into account. But remember, we're talking about a woman who has deserted and abandoned the family home for long periods of time. So perhaps she could just go where she went in those periods. Mm-hmm. And this only applies to those two marriage regimes that you spoke of? Well, yes, it's either in community of property or marriages with the accrual system. Thank you so much for your time. Shani Van Nieker, Senior Associate Attorney at Adams at, at Adams and Adams. 0614-104-107, that is our voice note line. You can also drop me a call on 086-000-2032. And you can also send me an SMS on 41391. So in the article, um, they say that she so when she came with the baby and the husband and the husband asked 